Blog Talk Radio. More live fantasy sports radio than anyone on the planet. Seven continuous hours of football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus seven hours of game day frenzy on Sunday. 30 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Like Craig Davis of FantasyFootball.com. The Audible Cecil Lanning. Paul Greco of Melnick and Greco Fantasy Sports. And the fantasy football guys Lyle Conkiel and Kevin Moore. The Fantasy Sports Channel. Only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. Week 13, that means championships. The SFPC and the NFFC League Champions One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Hello, everybody, and good evening. Welcome to a special Black Friday edition of Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio. Wherever you may be, thanks for making us part of your night. We are live tonight on the FantasySportsChannel.com and also streaming live on iTunes Radio. I'm Scott Atkins, uh, Team Legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football, broadcasting live out of Indianapolis. This is just a huge Week 13, and many of you are ready for your league playoffs to start. But if you're one of the lucky few that are still alive in these high-stakes contests, then this show is for you. Do not miss one minute of this show. There are two big national contests where it's all on the line this week. The Fantasy Football Players Championship is hosting their league title games this week, and this is the last week to make the playoffs in the National Fantasy Football Championship. We're going to break down every single game for you tonight and tell you who to start and who to bench. There's 13 games left this week, and we'll get to all of them tonight. Now, as always, I'm joined by my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Mr. Michael Trent. Mike, for the third time in four years, you and I have a chance to win our league in the NFFC. Uh, Yes, we do, Scott. Uh, It it feels pretty good to be in that situation. Uh, We need help, uh, but the bottom line is if we don't take care of business, It doesn't matter. Uh, We had a nice game from uh, Chris Johnson uh, yesterday and a monstrous game from Donovan McNabb. I mean, he showed up, uh, he did well, and uh, garnered plenty of points. Uh, The Barber injury, it stung a little bit. and uh, Well, it stung quite a bit, but uh, 
Moving on to Sunday, it's uh, very crucial that our remaining position players get it done. Uh, you know, we've, we've got uh, opportunities, and we're going to touch on them a little bit later, but uh, we we need to hope that the uh, caustic stalking steagles, I got yeah. it right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need to hope that they take care of business. Uh, but without our win, like I said, it means nothing. Uh, this show tonight, folks, it's very crucial to many. Uh, a lot of you are either on your next to last week, your last week, uh, you've already started some playoffs. Um, there's a lot of you out there that this is this is bubble time, and it's time to right. get it done. So uh, we here at uh, Red versus Blue, we're going to bring our A game and help you to, you know, help you to the next level. And we're looking forward to you to maybe help us as well and uh, in a disagreeing, agreeing, whatever it takes. Uh, the chat room is, you know, it's always open and. Uh, Give us a call, like Scott said, 347-324-5404. Uh, we, we always look forward to hearing from everyone, and uh, we're looking for a great show, and uh, let's just have some fun, Scott. That's right. We're going to try. And, you know, that big game for McNabb, that was monstrous for us. I mean, in a, in a championship week, getting 39 points, uh, you score six points per touchdown in the NFFC, so it's always important to have good quarterback play. Uh, when you're in the NFFC, as Billy Waz uh, pointed out last week. Actually, uh, we've got a good-looking chat room this week already. Uh, we love doing the show for everybody. What we ask you to do, the listener, we just want you to sign up for a free account on Blog Talk Radio so you can join the chat room. Uh, and then sometime during the week, come back, click on our last week's show, rate it for us. It's just a, a five-star type thing. Your feedback is really valuable to us. Uh, the regulars are already in the chat. I see uh, Billy Waz, Sports Betting Man, Dr. Dish, Coyote Streakers, uh, and, a, and a lot of the regulars uh, in the crowd. We appreciate you guys joining us, as always. This show is for you, gang. Uh, it's not for us. We're here to help uh, if we can. Uh, we're here to have some fun. But listeners are always encouraged to call in and ask for lineup advice if you, if you want it. Uh, if you want to reach the show at any time, you can call 347-324-5404. If you don't want to call in, you know, you have a sore throat, don't feel like being on the air, whatever, just log in. Join the live chat room and Ask your questions there, but if you do want to make sure uh, you want to get your questions answered, call us now because our lines will fill fast. Uh, if they're busy, just keep trying, 347-324-5404. Okay, now, Mike, in addition to the games we'll be breaking down, uh, we did have our, our player prop guru scheduled, Alex Kaganowski, but he is away on official business tonight. Uh, he had another winning week. Now, if you guys have been following Alex this year, you'd be up over 4,800 units. You have to hop on that if you're not already, folks. He's not here tonight. Uh, the props weren't released. But, Mike, this alone is reason to listen to our show. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Alex has been solid, rock solid. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, he he breaks the props down uh, like nobody can. Uh, he dissects every angle and finds the plays uh, that you might want to make and, uh, you know, make, make, a little, make a little money and be a winner. Uh, but also, Scott, something I've noticed, uh, a lot of Alex's props uh, can answer the who should I start question so many of you have. And, you know, it's funny how that uh, coincides together. Um, one thing about it, you know, we're going to miss Alex uh, this week, but uh, there's a lot of uh, owners that uh, they'll be ready maybe next week where he can, uh, you know, m might be around next week, jump on board and uh, see what happens. But there's a lot of player props out there. If you guys really dig deep and find it out, uh, 
you can find you can find a plus one forty. You can find uh, find a plus one fifty that's going to benefit you and uh, be to your advantage. So, uh, but Alex has been wonderful, and uh, you know we're we're going to miss him this week, but uh, we're going to move yeah. on and uh, get a lot of a yeah. lot of things going. Who's who else well, is returning, Scott? Well, we've got uh, also returning to the show this week, uh, Mike Santos, aka Coyote Streakers. Uh, Mike, if you remember, we had Mr. Santos on uh, six weeks ago, and what a run he's having. Uh, We thought we had officially jinxed him that week he was on, talking about how injury-free he had been up until that point. Um, That very same week, he lost Reggie Bush, his number one, number two pick. But get this, he still won his WCOFF League Championship game in both of his online championship leagues. Now, for those of you guys that don't know, that's eleven grand in one weekend, uh, specifically Monday night, uh, the, the Saints game against the Packers. Eleven grand came into his hands, and uh, he's going for title number four of four this week in the FFPC. Uh, and he'll be here tonight live to help our listeners. Do not go away. Uh, sometimes, Mike, when you're hot, you're just hot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that that's incredible. And uh, you know, he I would almost guarantee that Mike made some crucial waiver moves that helped offset the injuries that he had. Uh, that's the one topic that we probably haven't touched on enough. But uh, anyway, the waiver wire and how effectively to use it, you know, we could use that and touch on it a little bit more, and I guarantee you Mike has. But if he hasn't, I guarantee you he drafted perfect. I mean, you cannot – I mean, a team like that and to be successful as Mike has been – I'm very anxious to hear how he went about it, if he drafted that well, if he uh, went through the injury process and then had to use a waiver wire, and how he he went all about being that successful to be four for four. uh, That's that's something else, Scott. Well, we're going to find out, and I have a feeling that he's got a name for you from Monday night that did rather well, but let's get right to it. I'll tell you what, it's got goosebumps. I mean, as we hit, like I said, it's a crucial week for so many, for so many. By the way, people are already putting the G-Man as the number one seed in the NFC. Yeah. But has it, ever, has, it, has it ever occurred that if the Giants lose to Washington this week, Carolina owns their own destiny if they went out because Carolina plays the Giants later this year. I know it's a big if. I know it's, a, you know, just throwing something out there, but Washington is hungry this weekend. Uh, I'm not saying the Giants aren't because the way the Giants have been playing, they're the best team. Well, they're, they're the best team in football. But if the Giants was to stump a toe against Washington, Carolina owns their own destiny. Just, just something to chew on there, Scott. Yeah, you know, no, I haven't heard that at all, actually. I think we all kind of wrote that off, that the G-men were going to be the number one seed. But, uh, you know, I guess there's a chance Carolina could uh, could run run the table. I don't, I don't see it happening. But, 
Hey, we've got a lot going on in the chat room already. Uh, Dr. Dish had a good point. He said Witten had a statement week last weekend. Can you imagine in a big game uh, last Monday night or last weekend, you're playing in your league championship game. You, you see you're going against Witten, um, and, you know, man, he had a, he has a huge blow-up week. And um, there you go. You, you, you play a, a super stud that's uh, having a down year, and then all of a sudden he goes off on you. We got sports betting man in the chat room. Pick two of these four: Avery, Holt, Harrison, and Bradley. Um, Avery, Holt, Harrison, and Bradley. Billy Wallace says Avery and Harrison. Uh, Holt blows, and Bradley may not play. Coyote Streakers. He likes Harrison and Avery as well. Um, Mike, what I do you like think? Avery and Harrison. I like Avery and Harrison. Uh, I, you know, I told you uh, pre-show that I really didn't care too much uh, for St. Louis and what they're doing. Uh, but, uh, you know, you got to start Avery over Bradley. And then when I look at Marvin, you, you almost got to start Marvin. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's kind of scary to, to start two Rams uh, wide receivers. But, Lance, I'm going to go ahead and give you just a little tidbit to chew on. Mark Bolger, it sounds like he is back. He loves playing at the Dome uh, in St. Louis at home on the turf. Um, Miami is 26th against the pass and 10th against the run. So even if Jackson gets in there, I mean, he's a weapon, uh, obviously a PPR machine as well, but 10th against the run, you, you figure that Bolger's going to have to throw uh, in this game and to take advantage of those corners. Uh, Miami has allowed 10 receivers to go for 15 points and huh. 16 to go for 10. So very good chance that at least one goes for 15, but, uh, you know, and possibly two going for 10. You could have 25 points there, but I think I think uh, Harrison is a way of hedging your bet. If you have to go for, for Gusto, for Gold, I think you go Avery and, and Harrison. If you feel like you could play safe, then maybe you try Avery and Hope and try to try to catch one of those two uh, with a big game. So. Well, that's going to be, yeah, you know, I – I totally agree with what you're saying, Scott, but on the other side of it, um, I mean, they're really bad right now, and the only way I see them getting out of this funk is give the ball to Jackson, and it's going to be Jackson up the gut. And what's Miami against the run? Uh, Didn't you think they were 14th or something like that? Yep, 14, uh, number 10 against the run. Okay, well, I think Stephen Jackson might have a bigger day than people think uh, because he, he's going to play. And uh, it's going to open up the passing game a little bit. But Miami, they're on a mission, and I really believe that uh, with the remaining schedule, they know what they got in front of them. I mean, these players, you know, they'll tell you, well, it's going to be one game at a time. Well, that's bull crap. They're gonna. They know what they got in front of them. They know that this game is huge, and uh, in order for them to make the playoffs, so that's a I, I really think that's a tall order to see Miami. That's a tall order to see Miami make the playoffs this year. Uh, Bart Parcells back. I, I, they've definitely had a great turnaround year. It's been a great story, but you've got a loaded division in front of them. You've got the Jets, the Patriots. Um, and the Bills all having great years. Uh, well, the Patriots are obviously down, but the Jets and, Pat- uh, the Jets and Bills having great years. And you're only probably going to get in one of those because you, you have to figure that the Colts are going to get one of those spots as well. And I just don't. Miami plays San Francisco next week. Yeah. Speaking of Stephen Jackson, Winter. you said that he would play. He's a he's a dreaded game time decision in my book. He's got a he's questionable with a thigh injury. 
and he's been limited in practice for the third straight day. They're just not uh, they're not letting him test it out like I would like to see if I was going to start Stephen Jackson. Uh, matter of fact, we've got a decision like that to make uh, Stephen Jackson or Jonathan Stewart, who has practiced. Uh, Stewie's probable. He practiced in full for the third straight day on Friday uh, with a heel injury, uh, so he's definitely back. Uh, looking over some of the other key injuries that you'll want to know about, uh, Reggie Bush will play this week against the Bucks. Uh, he's been out since uh, the 19th of October with a knee injury. It required arthroscopic surgery. Uh, the Saints, despite their 6-5 and five record, they're in the last place in the brutally tough NFC South, and, and they cannot afford to fall three games back of the Bucks, who are 8-3. and three. Uh, They're tied yeah. for Carolina for first place. Um, just how will he do, Mike, against a tough Tampa defense who has only allowed one rushing touchdown all year? Well, I'll tell you what, Tampa, you know, I mean, they've only allowed five teams all year to score uh, 10-plus fantasy points on them in uh, PPR leagues. So, uh, you know, I mean, that's going to be that's going to be very, very difficult. Uh, I've been asked uh, around circles here uh, around uh, town, whether Bush or, say, uh, Jones Drew. Well, I I think that's a no brainer. You know, you take Jones Drew. I, I, I can't take Bush until. Well, I see one. Uh, So, you know, that's kind of a tough call, but uh, Reggie Bush will play, and I'm I'm sure he'll be impactful. Uh, just to throw out a side note, uh, I set uh, Brian Westbrook last night, mm. and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I set him for Thomas Jones because I I was like, well, you know, I really like the way Thomas Jones, right. I like what they're doing, and I don't like what Philly is doing, even though it's going to be a comeback, you know, a comeback type of game, and uh, you know. Four minutes to go in the first half and or in the third quarter, and uh, Brighton West Westbrook's got four touchdowns. So, you know, it, yeah. it, these are the things though that you need to continue to dissect, and that's where, you know, that's what we we'll keep on doing, Scott. We've also got another uh, couple of guys we want to talk about. Uh, real quick, don't overlook your kickers in a week like this. Uh, Jason Elam is questionable for Atlanta. Um, don't overlook your kickers. Hopefully you have a bye week there in case something does happen. You don't want to miss out on a possible five or six points. Uh, I actually picked Elam in my one-and-done contest. I'm going to go back and switch that. I don't want to, I don't want to hit goose egg there. Uh, Norwood's questionable uh, with a rib. Roddy's questionable with a back. Um, those are guys that you would expect to have big games this week against the Chargers. Uh, against the Chargers, you've had 10, 10 quarterbacks going for 15 points. And five have went for 20 against the Chargers. So you're looking at at least 15 points if you're Matt Ryan and, and uh, an upside of over 20. So Matt Ryan's a definite start this week against the Chargers. You said that word. What's that? I said you said that word. Upside. That? Upside. Oh, <laughs> I'll try not to do that. <laughs> That's a joke. Right, so you've got, you've got uh, other injury news here. Bills. Um well, you've got uh, – I don't see much there. You've got uh, – for in, in Denver, you've got uh, – no, Bills. We've got Robert Royal. He's out with a hammy. Um, you don't want to start him. Uh, like we already talked about Carolina and, Ro- and Jonathan Stewart. He's probable. He practiced in full for the third straight day on Friday with that heel injury. Uh Mazada is probable with the back. He's had that lingering. Denver, uh, in this game, Champ Bailey, he's still questionable with the groin. 
So you've got to like that for uh, for the Jets and company. Hillis, uh, he's probable with a shoulder. You can't expect him to do much. Uh, this is the one that worries me, though. I've got him in a league. Eddie Royal with a toe. He's questionable. He was limited yes. in practice uh, on, in reps Thursday and Friday after sitting out on Wednesday. And he only caught two balls for 14 yards in week 12 against Oakland. He doesn't have a touchdown grab in two straight weeks. Um, he's, you know, they asked him, Scott, uh, which toe hurts? And uh, he said all of them. Oh, I, I, I read good. that on a blog, and it's, it's like, uh-oh. That's a red flag. It is a red flag, especially when you're Jay Cutler. You're going to have to throw. You're not Peyton Hillis isn't going to be able to get it done against the Jets, and you, you figure that the Jets are going to control the tempo here. Cutler's going to have to de- have to have a deadly accurate day to do anything against the Jets. That line has actually moved up to eight points now uh, from seven and a half. It's up to eight. You would think that would be going the other way, but <clears throat> you know I didn't write it down. But Brandon Marshall, wow, wow, he how many targets day. will he get? Yeah, like 20. Yeah. Green Bay, Jennings, uh, probable with the rib injury. If you guys saw that hit on Monday night and he got back up, uh, his his injury has limited him in practice Wednesday uh, as they're preparing for the Panthers. He was good to go Friday. He is listed as probable. You have to start him with confidence. Uh, In Houston, on Monday night, Slayton is probable with a chest injury. Uh, Indianapolis, Bob Sanders is still questionable with the knee. He didn't play uh, all week, and he's likely to sit again. That changes the whole complexion for the Indianapolis uh, defense there. And they're facing the Browns. And, uh, Mike, you like somebody there in the Browns. Yes, I do. Uh, I really think Derek Anderson, he's going to step back up. Uh, you know, Brady Quinn, uh, he was inserted as a starter, and, uh, you know, he's, he, he did fine work for what he had to work with. Um, but at that game, it's going to be very interesting. I, Derek Anderson, about this time last year, caught fire, and he he was something else. And he's you know he took notice. I mean, everybody in the league took notice of Da and saying, "Wow, this kid can play." And trust me when I say he's a kid because he's a young guy, and uh, he really matured. And uh, he he was kind of I don't know put in the minor leagues for a couple of weeks, and uh, unfortunately, uh, Brady Quinn had the injury, and uh, so D.A. is back, and uh, he's back at home against Indy, and I know Indy is uh, strong against the pass, but uh, I, I really feel like that uh, Derek Anderson is going to have a nice day. He's going to be at home. Uh, you know, I, the Browns, one thing about the Browns fans, they boo a little, but they don't boo nearly as hard as the Philly fans. So, mm-hmm. of course, Philly boos Santa Claus. But I, I really think that uh, Derek Anderson's going to have a huge game. I see at least a couple of touchdowns out of him, as long as Braylon Edwards can catch the ball. And, uh, wow. You know, good things happening for him. That's just a, it's a gut feeling, Scott. And, you know, I'm going against a trend as far as stats. But uh, I like Derek Anderson as, a, you know, as a surprise pick. It's definitely going against the stats. I don't have those indie stats right in front of me, but they're a definite. They're a, they're a dominant team against the pass. They're number one in the league, allowing an average of 11.8 points per game uh, through 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 the air for quarterbacks. One thing you do want to notice, though, I, I know we've been talking about sitting Braylon in one of these leagues. 
He's got 16 and 15 targets the last two weeks, each of the last two weeks. You just can't start – you cannot bench a guy that's getting 16 and 15 targets regardless of who's throwing him the ball. He's a big part of the offense. They're determined to get the ball to him. Um, so you, no, I totally guy, agree. I totally agree with that, Scott. I mean, when obviously you go through practice all week and uh, you go through game films and uh, they, they know the matchups. They know what's going to happen. Uh you know, that's why uh, the tight end from Miami, Fasano, that's why he was hot one week and wasn't the next. Hot one week, wasn't the next. You know, these guys, they go through game films. They know what's going on. They see the matchups in the secondaries with the linebackers. And uh, so, obviously, the matchups for Braylon in the last couple of weeks have been good. And uh, I think the matchup for Indy, it might work. It might work. So, just going on a win. Let's roll through the rest of these key injuries here. I just got a few more that I want to bring out to everybody. Uh, here's one that everybody needs to know. Kansas City, uh, Mark Bradley, he's questionable with the calf. Uh, he's, he's questionable for this game at Oakland. Uh, he finally practiced in a limited capacity on Friday after sitting out the previous two days, but that scares me. He's the guy that should get the looks in that offense, considering that Bo is going to be locked down with that Osamoa guy. I mean, you, you, you figure that Bradley's going to get some looks if, if, if any are going his way. Yeah, yeah, you would think so, and uh, it's. But like I said, it's kind of tough to take anybody uh, on Kansas City against Oakland. I, Oakland has played so well. Well, they played good the last couple three weeks. They helped me out a ton. Uh, but they played good the last yeah. couple three weeks. Their defense has been really, really solid. So, uh, you know, I'm really hoping. I'm hoping that uh, Kansas City plays a big game because with Big Ben and uh, the cultic, cultic stalking Steagles, I did it twice, <laughs> uh, you know, because they got him. I mean, I want to see some good things out of Kansas City, but when the numbers are what they are, and Oakland is playing pretty good ball. Well, they're playing good against the quarterbacks for sure. They're number 11 against the pass, but they're number 27 against the rush. You should figure it's going to be a big day for Larry Johnson, Charles, whoever gets to run the ball there, and it's going to be hard to throw that ball in there against that Oakland that Oakland defense. I'd be I'd be leery about starting Bradley this week, especially in a must game. Uh, yeah, another big see. injury to note: the Giants, Bradshaw uh, with a neck, he's questionable. Jacobs with a knee is questionable. They're both uh, they're both banged up. Coughlin said Jacobs was able to practice Friday, while Bradshaw could not. So Ward remains the healthy. Lone healthy running back for the Giants uh, against the against the Skins. Pittsburgh fast Willie Parker. He's questionable with a knee, but he did practice today on Friday. Mm. And then uh, the last one that we wanted to bring up was Portis uh, versus the Giants because of knee injuries. Uh, he said he's fifty fifty in terms of playing, uh, I, and he's been battling this injury for a few weeks and still hasn't missed a game. He even had one hundred forty three yards last week against Seattle. So. There's a chance he'll be there, but he's questionable. Scott, they have to win that game. They have to win that game. They know they have to win that game, and they're not going to step on that field. If Portis is, quote, questionable, he's playing. I guarantee it. They have to – I mean, there's no turning back. Jim Zorn, I mean, he he knows that. So uh, I I really believe Portis is going to play. Well, we'll see. And if, if not, yeah, you, you throw bets in there and just, uh, you know, cross your fingers. Let's look at targets real quick for the week. Uh, last week, Bolden led the league with 19. Braylon and Jennings both with 15. 
T.O., Randy Moss, Steve Smith, and, and Gonzalez, Tony Gonzalez, all had 13. These are all big names at the top here. Husmanzada and Andre, 12. I was trying to find a receiver that maybe, you know, shouldn't be up there in targets, and the only one I could really see was Bryant Johnson at nine. He, it was surprising. He had nine targets. Uh, Matt Jones, Kevin Walter, uh, and Devon Bess with nine, Mike. Devon Bess, that's my guy. I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, he's basically stepping in for Greg Camarillo. Uh, Greg Camarillo went down, and uh, if you're an owner of Greg Camarillo in your uh, dynasty leagues, don't let him go. Hang on to him. I'm sure you will. Uh, but it, it's a thing. It's, it's an injury. It's, it's a thing that happened to Greg. So he'll be back next year, no problem. The Dolphins are going in the right direction. But for now, looking forward, you've got to do something and get Devon Best because – they're going to open it up because, like I said, Miami's schedule, the last three four games, is soft. So I, I really like the bomb best, Scott. Mike, we've got a lot more to cover. We're going to move to our player spotlight here. Mike Santos has joined us. He's Coyote Streakers. Uh, Mike has a league championship game victory in the World Championship of Fantasy Football this week, two World Championship Online Fantasy Football League titles. That's three titles. Mike, that's 11000 on one beautiful Monday night. Uh, Mike, how are you doing? Good. How are you guys, Scott and Mike? Hey, how's it going, Mike? Pretty good. Mike, I wanted to tell everybody, you've got, uh, you're also in three other satellite leagues for the World Championship of Fantasy Football, and I was looking at the scoring. Uh, you're number one, number one, and number two, respectively, in points in those leagues. Correct. Yeah, I'm in uh, three uh, Wyckoff uh, Satellite Total Point Leagues, and currently, like you said, I'm number one in two of them huh? and number two in the other, yeah, so hopefully I can hold on to those as well. Don't be so modest, man. What a great year you're having. We're excited for you. We had you on week one, and uh, I tell you what, you're you're also in line to win the 300 grand prize, and not only that, but by victory of your online leagues, you qualify for the $3 million prize, Mike. Everything you touch turns to gold, man. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was pretty excited the the way everything turned out last week. Uh it was a it was a good week and I had to sweat it out all through Monday night and I'm sure we'll get to that, but uh we uh I had a close one in my uh my main event and it came down to the wire to say the least. But yeah, I was fortunate to win those leagues and um and I think I'm one of one of uh one of the eleven guys that have a chance for that three million. I know it's a, a pipe dream and a uh, something that's going to be real hard to do, but you know, I'm just glad I had the opportunity to at least have a chance at that. Hey, Mike, um, I know you went through uh, went through quite a bit of injuries. Uh, how effective was the uh, waiver wire to you, or did you just uh, draft good enough to where you didn't have to worry too much about the waiver wire, or how did it work out for you when you went through the injuries? Well, uh, to be honest, um, I had a I had a decent draft. I I drafted uh, some key players, and I lost Reggie Bush. And um, actually, I had uh, Pierre Thomas, who I actually wasn't able to use until the last week, which came in huge. But my uh, probably my MVP of my team this year, he was a free agent pickup. Um, I jumped on him. I think it was week three with Lance Moore. Um, I took a chance on him, figuring uh, with the injuries to the wide receivers uh, for New Orleans, he was going to step up and have to get some targets and. I knew Breeze had trusted him in the past, um, so I spent quite a bit on Lance Moore, and I tell you what, he turned into a top-10 receiver, and he sort of turned my season around uh, with the Bush injury. I was able to plug him in um, as my flex, and he ended up becoming probably my best receiver. So, uh, you know, between him and then using Pierre Thomas in that Week 12 championship game, 
those two guys really panned out for me. And uh, I picked up Tampa Bay D earlier on in the year, noticing they were going to play Detroit Week 12, um, sort of figuring, you know, that could be a huge <laughs> yeah. week for them. So I uh, I went I went that route, and I just I Lance Moore was basically the key pickup for me, and I I had Gore and Slayton who who stayed pretty strong for me while Bush was out and held the fort down and. Uh, Drew Brees all year was really consistent and, um, you know, the the backbone on my team. So that's sort of how it played out. That's a great more. combination of drafting well and uh, getting somebody off the waiver wire. Go ahead, Scott. Yep, Lance Moore was definitely the, the question there uh, or the pickup that you that you had. Now, did you see that? Obviously, you saw the shootout. You were, on, <laughs> you were hopping off the ceiling, I'm sure. But here's where stats get you in trouble. Uh, Green Bay had allowed five receivers all year to go for ten points, ten fantasy points. And you have to be considering benching Lance more there. You had other options, but Lance goes for 26 and Colston 14 on one big play. Yeah, he, uh, the, the numbers-wise, they, you know, they tell you, hey, don't start your receivers versus Green Bay. But I knew the big Monday night matchup uh, in the dome, on the carpet, fast track, New Orleans, Hadn't had a home game in about five weeks. I knew they'd be ready to play. I wasn't expecting that big of a performance. Um, I'm not going to kid myself there. But I just went with those guys who have been good all year. And, you know, sometimes you can overlook the numbers. um, And uh, you look at the numbers too long and you can start making these reach decisions on your lineups. You just sometimes got to stick with the guys who have been hot all year. And that's what I did with Lance Moore. And I plugged in Pierre Thomas. I had Bush in there and I waited to see what the decision was. When he was declared out, I said, I'm going with Thomas. And, it worked out well. They both came up huge, um, scoring over uh, 28 points apiece, and Breeze chipped in over 30. And, you know, I had a battle down to the wire. I was going into that game down 57 points. He had Aaron Rodgers. I had Drew Breeze and Lance Moore, Thomas. They made up the difference. I won by less than one point. I'll tell you what, it was nerve-wracking. Oh, man. <laughs> that sounds like it. Well, I'll tell you what uh, – you know, Drew Brees, I mean, he has been something else fantasy point-wise. And, uh, he's you know, he's knocking on the door to break some records this year uh, as far as passing yards. Just keeps on doing it left and right. So uh, when, did, when did you get Drew Brees in that particular league, Mike? Well, I, I actually took Drew Brees in the, in the Wyckoff main event in the fourth round. Um, I typically don't like to take quarterbacks early. I typically like to load up on running backs, receivers. But I just could not pass it up on Drew Brees, who I thought was going to have a great year. Um, I thought in the fourth round it was great value. A lot of the receivers I had targeted in that round, like Greg Jennings um, and Bolden and those types, they were long gone. And instead of reaching on a receiver I I wasn't comfortable with, I decided to go with a top-flight quarterback. I I thought he was in for a big year, and he hasn't disappointed. And um, I sort of went against the grain on my draft strategy, taking a quarterback in the fourth round, which I consider early. Um, But I just couldn't pass it, and... I don't regret that pick at all. He's been he's been huge for me all year. I remember you texting me after that pick, and I was like, man, that's that's something I just don't. I'm never brave enough to do is to grab that quarterback that early. Now, uh, you and I, Mike, are we are co-managers uh, in the FFPC. You did the drafting, you did the hard work, and you've positioned us in line uh, to win that league this week. Another 3,500 if you can if we can just win in the FFPC. And after watching last night. Uh, what Westbrook did to the Eagles, it kind of reminds me of what's going on with Steven Jackson. You've got an injured player, but you've got a superstar. And if he plays, it's hard to put him on your bench. And, and we've got that decision in Westbrook or Stewart. Yeah, right now uh, we're looking at Steven Jackson or uh, Jonathan Stewart. And I think uh, if 
Jackson suits up, you know, I think I'm going to lean that way. You know, like you said, he's he's your first round pick, and he's he's probably ready to go. He's wanting to play. He just got to prove to his coach he's ready to go. And if he gets the green light, um, we almost got to pull that trigger on him and and see what we can do from there. You know, hopefully we can get it done this week. So we've got a tough opponent against us, but we've got a solid lineup. We've been scoring points all year, and I'd like to make it four for four and clean sweep it this weekend. Mike, I'm going to put you to work. We got a caller. We got a caller from the 920. Caller, how are you? Hey, what's up, guys? This is Crafty Balky in Wisconsin. Hey, Crafty, what's going on, man? Hey, Scott and Mike, I don't know if you guys remember me, but I came down with Leroy's Aces to the NFFC, um, not this year, but the year before, and we hung out the night before the draft. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Well, listen, I just had a question. This is uh, for Mike Santos and you guys really, too. Um, this is my first year I have a, I had a high-stakes team to myself, and I was just kind of curious, when you guys draft in, like, you know, local leagues, 10-teamers or 12-teamers, how much does your draft strategy change when you're in a high-stakes event where you're trying to win, you know, a six-figure prize? Wow. Well, I used to be pretty good at those local leagues, and here the last couple of years they've been pretty challenging for me. I, uh, I take a lot more risks uh, in the local leagues because I feel like I've got a, a leg up on the competition. But it's it's funny, the, 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 the amount of information that's out there anymore – uh, kind of levels the playing field quite a bit, and, and it probably should keep. You should probably keep to your same strategy. You know what wins. Uh, I I don't take nearly as many risks uh, in the bigger leagues. I'm waiting on the other guys to do that, take the rookies, and sometimes that works out. But usually I'm playing it safe to the best in the big leagues, and I'll and I'll and I'll throw darts in the in the local leagues. Well, I'll do. Uh, I think, uh, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. Well, I, what I was going to say in in the in the high stakes leagues, uh, it seems like you got a lot of very knowledgeable owners and um, sleepers aren't really sleepers. Everyone knows about all the all the players like that. So I target guys that I like, and if you really sold on a guy, I may take a guy around earlier in a high-stakes league just to ensure you get that guy. If you're really sold on a guy and you want him, you need to go get him because there's no secrets out in high-stakes football, fantasy football. Everyone knows about everyone. And what I typically like to do in high-stakes fantasy football, and especially in points for reception leagues, load up on running back receivers wait for your quarterback, um, and also wait on your tight end unless you want to grab a said tight end in the three to four ra- round range. Um, local leagues, I feel like uh, in smaller leagues, like 10-man leagues, there's, there's a, you know, your, your teams are more stacked. You can take more chances. And a lot of times, you know, there's sleepers and, and waiver wire guys out there all throughout the year, you know, so it's not as tough. These high-stake leagues, you've you got to know your stuff, and you just got to go with your gut and sometimes take a guy around earlier if you're really sold on him. I, you know, I, I agree with uh, both Mike and Scott on that. Uh, my local leagues, I, I put three different columns, local, dynasty, and high stakes. And I usually do that right around the 1st of June. And then I start figuring out who I want to take in my local. And my local is more of a fun thing. I've, I've got to be honest with you. Uh, more risk, more risk involved, and uh, just have a lot of fun with it. Uh, still going to win, obviously. And uh, when it comes to dynasty, you know, figuring out who you want to get uh, as far as rookies, and then the high stakes, that's uh, you're not going to you're not going to pull the wool over anybody's eyes on that. I mean, Mike is totally right on that. You got to be on it and ready for it. But uh, yep. I think we're all three on the on the same page on that. That's fantastic, guys. I, I appreciate the knowledge. Uh, great show, and good luck to all you guys playing for uh, league championships this week and going forward. 
Hey, thank you very much. We look forward to hearing from you next week. Yeah, we, we hope to see you. Hope to see you in Chicago, man. Absolutely, man. Okay. Take that was Crafty Bulky and uh, from the NFFC playing this week, uh, playing uh, one of the high stakes leagues. Uh, Mike, here's something we all need to know. Um, Oakland is number six against number one wide receivers. Uh, that's mainly due to Austin Wall. Do you bench Bo if you have a mediocre option, say? Anthony Gonzalez against the Horde Browns or Bryant Johnson against Buffalo? Well, I think Anthony Gonzalez isn't a mediocre option this week anyways. Um, last four games, he's been on 80% of the snaps. They're running those three three wide receiver uh, sets a lot in Indy. But a guy like Bryant Johnson, um, you definitely sit down. you got to play Bo. Bo's been really good all year. Um, also, you're going to see that Tony Gonzalez is going to be matched up against that corner in some situations. They don't strictly play him on those receivers. The first time they played earlier on in the year, they stuck him on Gonzo a couple, uh, some series, and you got to watch for that. And Bo's just a physical receiver. Um, he's going to get his no matter what. I, I think you can't sit him for a mediocre talent like Bryant Johnson. I just don't trust him. I, I go with the guy that's been there all year. Um, a guy like Anthony Gonzalez, if you want to get risky and creative, maybe you, I could see that, you know, maybe plugging him in. He's been playing a lot more, and Manning seems to really trust him. But um, it's got to be a real good option for me to bench a guy like Dwayne Bowe, especially even if he's playing Oakland with the top corner of football. Um, he's not going to be on him every single play, so you got to look at that as well. We're talking to Mike Santos, Coyote Streakers, uh, in the World Championship of Fantasy Football. Been ranked uh, very high all year. Has won his league championship game and two online satellites. So he's qualified for the $3 million top prize. He's also going for a league title in the FFPC. He's having one of those just smoking hot years that uh, a lot of us dream about. Uh, you know, I've got a couple other guys here I want to get some feedback on here. Uh, we've got quarterback Jeff Garcia against New Orleans, uh, and he's he's going to be throwing to Antonio Bryant. And, and when looking at New Orleans, uh, they've allowed seven receivers to go for 20 points or more in 11 games. Uh, that's basically one per game. You've got 11 of them for 15. 11 have scored 15 points. And 14 for 10. So I like Antonio Bryant this week uh, against New Orleans, especially with a, a ground game in Tampa that's just a little suspect. Yeah, that's that's a very good matchup uh, for Jeff Garcia this week. Um, New Orleans, uh, they're pretty weak in the safety area. I think they can hit those seam routes. Um, Antonio Bryant should have a nice week this week. Um, Tampa Bay's a little banged up in the running back uh, area. I mean, they're pretty thin there. You know, I think they might aired out a little bit. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see how New Orleans does at Tampa with that offense. They look so sharp Monday night. Um, if they can come out and put some points on the board, Garcia is going to have to throw the ball around. And I think they should have some good success against uh, New Orleans, who uh, who has been pretty weak against the past um, all year. Hey, yeah, Mike, uh, I, got, I, I got a text real quick. Uh, you know, Guy's been wrestling around what to do, uh, Fred Taylor at Houston or Cedric Pinson versus Baltimore. I'm a firm believer that I do not take anybody that's playing Baltimore. But in this situation with uh, MJD, uh, John Drew getting everything done at Jacksonville, Fred Taylor at Houston or Cedric Benson versus Baltimore? Well, if you're asking me um... – I don't really think Benson's a viable option against Baltimore. I just think that's a brutal matchup. Um, MJD, he's been the guy there in Jacksonville. But i got to think Monday night Fred Taylor might be involved a little bit. He was talking this week about how he thinks this is last year, and 
sometimes those guys who say a little bit during the week, like Terrell Owens the week before, he, he, he became featured that week. I think Monday night Fred Taylor might do a little bit of damage against Houston. They should have some success running the ball. That over-unders, I think, around 48. The Baltimore game yeah. is going to be brutal in terms of offense. i, I got to go with the guy on Monday night. I, when in doubt, go with the guy on prime time. Well, you know what, Mike? You're speaking uh, the echoes of Scott and uh, another guy that was uh, kind of upset about the carries, the touches that he's been getting was Lindell White. He's on a 10-1 yeah. team, and he was upset about it, and what happened? So, Exactly. <laughs> the, squeak, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? <laughs> exactly. We've got a couple other matchups uh, to look at this week. Uh, Barian against Chicago. Another guy I'm liking this week. Uh, Chicago is 13 against the pass and number nine against the run. But Chicago has allowed, get this, seven receivers to get 20 points. 11 to get 15, and 20 receivers to get 10 points. So you can lock Berrien down for at least 15 uh, and maybe 20. Yeah, I, I think Berrien's got a real nice matchup this weekend. I, I think he's a definite start unless you're just loaded at receiver. Um, he should do some damage against his former team. Um, that's uh, yeah, a great matchup for him. Yeah, a revenge game. Uh, we've got a couple of backs to talk about here. Um, obviously, Oakland playing Kansas City. You always start uh, the backs against Kansas City. So you've got Fargus and Madden making your lineup. Kansas City has allowed nine running backs to score 20 points, 12 for 15, and 15 for 10. So those guys on, on a down week are going to get you 10 points when they're playing KC. Uh, St. Louis is just as bad, if not worse. Eight uh, backs for 20 and 17 for 10. Uh, 12 backs have scored 15, so Ronnie and Ricky both. Uh, and, I, and I think you have to like Ronnie there. Just um, He's been getting a little bit more of the work uh, the last couple of weeks. Uh, so I think yeah, this, I think go, I think both of them are, are, are strong plays. Yeah, I think this could be a big Ronnie Brown week. They, this might be the week that he really has one of those big weeks. Um, Rams are just pitiful. Um, they're at home, you know, and they might play up a little bit. But I just think Miami's going to be able to – run all day on him. That should be a huge day for Ronnie Brown. The Rams' last four games, uh, the uh, the running back, the worst performance has been just over 100 yards and a touchdown. So you can, you, you can definitely uh, bank on that. Um, what other backs and uh, players here did we want to mention? We've got Leon Washington and Thomas Jones against Denver. Uh, this is going to be just another game where Favre controls the ball. Uh, Cutler is going to obviously get his, uh, especially to Brandon Marshall this week. But with uh, Leon Washington and and uh, Thomas Jones getting work all day, uh, here you go. Here's stats. Seven backs have scored 20 points against Denver. Eleven have scored 15. Fourteen have scored 10. Uh, it's it's going to be one of those. And I've got a lineup decision to make, Mike. Uh, Leon Washington or Dustin Keller as a, as a flex. What, is it FFPC or is it a normal point per reception? It's actually an Ant Sports uh, one uh, one K league. That's that is a tough call. Um, I really like Keller this week. Um, I, he's been heavily involved in that offense the last few weeks. Um, Leon Washington, he's an explosive back. Um, if he gets the touches, he produces. Even with limited touches, he produces. Um, you know, that's a very tough call. I would lean towards Keller. I think he's going to be a little more involved in the offense in terms of snaps. Um, you know, and this game could be closer than some think. Um, Thomas Jones yeah. is the bell cow. He gets the majority of the carries. I might lean towards Keller. Um, uh, Denver's had trouble 
uh, covering the tight end all year, um, and Favre really seems to trust him. I might go with Keller in that situation, but either way, I think it's you can make the pick and sleep well at night knowing you you picked a guy that's got a great matchup. I would go with Keller. Yep, and that's yeah, I think uh, uh, I, I, you know what, Scott, I think uh, Favre is leaning more toward Keller. So uh, you know that yeah, you know, I looked at that as well and had a ton, a ton of questions about that uh, tight end position and what's going to happen with it. So, uh, you know, in my opinion, I think Keller is going to be solid. And uh, I've got uh, I've got one more uh, for you real quick, Mike. Uh, I've kind of talked about Dominic Hickson and how much he's going to be, uh, you know, I think he's going to be impactful. But uh, what do you do if you're a fantasy owner and you have Mowelty Moore and Willie Parker? I mean, you, you, because I'm in that situation in one league where I picked up Morelli Moore, and now I'm looking at, well, is Parker going to play? Is he not? Morelli Moore, what's going on? So what do you do in that situation? That's, that's pretty tough. That's a tough decision. Um, obviously, when Parker's 100%, you know, he's the guy there. He's he's in on all the running plays, and, well, he's the third down back. Right now, I just don't trust Parker with that knee and his injuries. I he seems limited. Um, Weldy Moore is more than capable of filling in. He does catch the ball more than Parker. Uh, Moore might be a tad safer just because you know he's healthy. Uh, Parker, he's the kind of guy, you know, you can start him and he may come out that first series. You just don't know. You don't want to end up starting a guy like Plaxico Burris did last week. They declared him active. Yeah. He's starting. He goes in for one series. Boom, he's gone. Done. You know, that's, you can't take that zero. I think Willie Parker is a real risky play. He did practice Friday. Um, you'll just have to update it all the way up till game uh, kickoff time, and yep. I might go with a safer option uh, if you have one. Yep, sounds good. Well, that's the kind of uh, analysis you can expect to get from uh, Coyote Streakers this year. Uh, we're looking at a couple more matchups here: Indianapolis at Cleveland. The over/under is 45 in this game. Uh, Reggie Wayne he struggled in five of his last six games. He's hurt the fantasy owners. Um, Joseph Adai should also see a good amount of work. Uh, the Browns are going to have a hard time with everybody on the Colts. Uh, the only guy who might not do well uh, is Marvin. Seems like uh, he's he slows down on the grass. 17 catches, 150 yards, and zero touchdowns in five contests uh, on the grass. So maybe this is an Anthony Gonzalez type week. Jamal in the cold. I think this is his breakout game. It might keep the ball out of Peyton's hands. And um, you know, you've got that Browns offense. You've got to be aware of Derek Anderson. He's got some added motivation this week. He wants somebody, obviously, to trade for him. Um, and Braylon's going to get his. They're going to they're gonna, uh, continually focus on getting the ball to Braylon. Whether or not he catches it, that's that's another story. But uh, <laughs> what do you think about that? Reggie Wayne, uh, Reggie Wayne's uh, a threat this week? Yeah, I think Reggie Wayne could rebound this week. Uh, Cleveland has been horrible against the pass, um, against receivers. I think right now they're 27th in the league versus uh, receivers. I think Reggie Wayne should have a nice game. And I also look for Anthony Gonzalez to have a big game. Like I said earlier in the show, last four games uh, I've read that they've been using three receiver sets 80% of the time. So Gonzalez on that field 80% of the time, lots of snaps. Manning trusts him. He's the go-to guy on third down. Look for him to have a nice game. Harrison, um, he's a little iffy on grass, not inside the dome. Um, He's been a little better lately. I just don't know if I can trust him yet. Anthony has also got a little more juice to him, and I do agree with Jamal Lewis having a nice game, trying to slow that game down, keep the ball out of Peyton Manning's hands. 
here's a team that's uh, currently in the playoff picture in the AFC, uh, the Baltimore Ravens. They're actually still in the hunt, and uh, they're a minus seven point favorite here at Cincinnati. The over-under is 36 in this game. Uh, I've never seen a playoff team become so unpredictable with their ground game. I, I didn't hear a word on the, the McGahee thing last week. I didn't hear a word after the game. It just seems like uh, the coaching staff there just does what they want to do and puts the running back in that they feel like is uh, ready to go. So McLean's the goal line option, but, but where's McGahee? Is there any word on him at all? Well, I haven't seen any updates on McGahee. Um, I think they're keeping it type lit. Uh, type lit. Uh, the coach, Harbaugh, earlier in the year said, we're going to keep everyone guessing. We're not. We're not declaring one guy or the other. And as we've seen all year, they've used all three guys in different situations. And I, my gut sort of says uh, I lean to McLean this week. Is uh, this a McLean type game? Um, they might uh, use him quite a bit. I figure still have the lead late in the game, and they usually like to use him to hammer the, the game home. And he could potentially have a lot of carries this week. Uh, McGay, I just don't trust. You know, you don't know what you're getting from him, and the coaches. Uh, they sure don't let us know what, what's going on, and uh, they keep it tight-lipped. You know, that's unfortunate, Mike, because uh, the one the one player that is rock solid in that whole scheme as far as uh, running the ball and catching the ball out of the backfield is Ray Rice. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're just they're not wanting to use him, or apparently there's something going on there. Maybe it's because he's a rookie. Yeah, I don't. I I think it might be a little bit of an inexperience issue. Um, early on in the year, he fumbled a few times. I think uh, trust wise, um, you know they're they're easing him in, as you could say. You know those rookies usually hit a wall around this time, um, except for Matt Forte. But uh, yeah, yeah, Ray Rice he hasn't been used. As, he hasn't been used as uh, as much as I thought he would. McGay's been off and on, and McLean's been in there as the pounder and goal line guy. Um, I'd like to see Rice more involved in the passing game, but it's sort of a week to week thing and. Not really uh, any of those guys you can really depend on from week to week, in my opinion. And we, and another thing, as we're talking about the rookies, um, you know, you're talking about Steve Slayton, uh, Gary Kubiak. He kept him out for you know about half a game a couple games ago because he said he's tired. He, he's he you know he's not used to this. And I know the NFL is so much different than the uh, than uh, college football. Uh, Tim Hightower, have you noticed his downturn? And so oh, yeah. there might be something said there with these rookies and watching them toward the second half of the season. You got Hightower, Slayton, you know, I wouldn't say struggling, but yes, they are a little bit. So there might be something to that. Yeah, I agree with that, definitely. You, you see a lot of rookie running backs slow down. Um, you know, these running backs that keep their value like Forte, you know, they're, they're involved in the passing game. You know, he's in there on all snaps. He doesn't really have a, a competitive backup in there to take touches away. So he's him and Chris Johnson right now, they're sort of leading the way, and they're they're keeping the value real strong. Um, these other guys like Slayton, who I have, um, you know, he's an explosive runner, a um, little smaller type runner. Um, you can't really bang him inside the tackles 20 times a game, you know, and he is wearing down a tad. Right. But I think they need to get him involved more in the pass game, screen game. He's got explosive speed and, and get him on the edges and perimeter and, um, use him that way, you know, that's that's the way I see him being most effective. 
Yeah, and Forte, there's nothing going to stop him, and, and there's nothing going to start. Uh, nothing's going to stop uh, Chris Johnson against Detroit. That was pretty obvious. But let's talk about that Chicago mini game real quick. Uh, we're, we we just got about five minutes left, four minutes left in our show. Uh, this should be the game of Minnesota on the ground uh, with AD and Chester getting increased carries versus Orton through the air. Barian, he loves the indoors. This is his revenge game. Uh, I also like Greg Olson here. Uh, to uh, to put up some yards because you're gonna you're gonna be kind of stifled there. You're gonna obviously Forte's gonna get his uh, with the dump passes. He's a dangerous weapon, but I but I think that uh, I like Olson there uh, as well. You've got the Carolina Green Bay game. The over under there is 42, and Green Bay's a three point favorite. Now I think this is interesting. In Carolina's last two games, they've allowed two 100 yard rushers and six total rushing touchdowns. So something isn't right there. Ryan Grant and the offensive line for the Packers should have success grinding into them. Takes the pressure off Aaron Rodgers and to fling that ball around into Carolina's good secondary. Not sure what they're going to do there, but uh, I think I think uh, if this is a week that you've been kind of tiptoeing around Ryan Grant, I think this is a week you could start him with confidence. Yeah, I, I like I like Ryan Grant this week. I think they're going to make a conscious effort to get them 20 to 25 plus carries. Uh, Rodgers had a rough game Monday, um, had some interceptions. I think they're going to try to slow it down. Use uh, Ryan Grant and play, use that play action. That's Rogers' most effective when he's using play action. Got the good run game going with Ryan Grant. It's going to be cold, maybe a little bit of snow. You know, it should be a big run game for both teams. I see, I see Ryan Grant and D'Angelo Williams having nice games. You've got uh, another game to talk about is the Giants at Washington. We talked a little bit about it earlier in the show. With Jacobs possibly out, look for Derek Ward. Uh, you've got Eli to Kevin Boss. Kevin Boss is one of my sleepers this week with Hickson and Toomer possibly the options there. Uh, but the Skins are my upset special this week, gang. I, uh, I like the Skins to take care of business this week. And, and there's an interesting stat about Eli. In eight games against the Skins, Eli has never thrown more than one touchdown. So – Take your pick there, but uh, I don't know if I could put uh, Eli in my matchup if uh, if I'm playing the skins, not with uh, not well, with his pass. I'll tell you what, Scott. In my opinion, I really do like Washington in this game. The Giants, they're used to earth, wind, and fire. There is no earth. There is no fire. There's only wind. And uh, yeah. we'll see what happens with Derek Ward. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he'll be capable of uh, carrying the load for the Giants. But uh, it's always kind of nice when you, uh, you know, when you rush up the middle and get nothing, rush up the middle and get nothing, knowing that uh, you've got a partner on your back that in a different scheme and a different type of play call is going to yeah. be right there. Well, in this game, they're not going to be there. So we'll see what happens. Well, we're almost out of time, guys. Mike, I appreciate you being on the show with us this week. Uh, good luck in your contest. Hopefully you, you pull this FFPC title down for us, man. We've still got some decision-making to do, but uh, let's make it four for four. Yeah, yeah, thanks a lot. I appreciate being on the show. I had a lot of fun, and hopefully I can get it done this weekend. Hey, Mike, thanks Mike, a lot. We really do appreciate your time. All right, thanks, guys. He's going for the three million this week, uh, or, or for this year with the with the WCFF playoff. He already cashed out big in his league title game uh, and both of his online championship leagues. So, uh, last but not least, before I, I just want to fit it in, Kevin Walter, man, if he's not in your lineup, you got to get him in there. He's been on fire, four TDs in the last five games. He scored two against the Jags in their last meeting. Uh, that Jags and Houston game it should be a, a good balance attack. You got to look for MJD and Matt Jones to do well. 
the whole Houston offense has got to be in your lineup, every single one of them. It's another shootout. Uh, Matt Schaub, I don't know why you'd risk uh, throwing him out there if he's a Houston, uh, Houston Texans with, with everything that's at stake. So, uh, well, <laughs> being nothing. So don't, uh, I, I don't see them doing that. Now, gang, everybody that's uh, listening on to the show, we're going to see you later. Uh, if you want to stick around and come back to the archive, we've got some more breakdowns to do. We've got Dr. Dish joining us. Uh, doctor, are you there? Yeah, I'm right here. All right, we're going to break, uh, break down the Kentucky and Louisville games for the for the crowd, uh, the local crowd in uh, southern Indiana and Louisville, and then we're going to break down uh, our five packs. So everybody, we appreciate joining us, and uh, <laughs> stick stick with us, and we'll uh, we'll have some fun. This is Red versus Blue. What we've got here is Guns and Roses, maybe? That's Guns and Roses, no doubt. about you guys i could sit there and listen to gnr all night but uh me too ran out of time there for the live listeners guys we were going to wrap that up and uh but uh, the archive listeners always come back and, and and check this out uh we we have a lot of uh, interest in our archive and um the rich wallet berries the poor <laughs> we're going to pick our five games against the spread and then mike Guess what? College basketball has arrived. It's time to break down Louisville and Kentucky basketball. Yeah, I got a question for you, Mike. Who is Longwood? Woo, Lordy! Longwood. <laughs> that's about that's three wood that I gave away to, and I started a college, and they started calling it Longwood. Uh, that's what I thought. They're bad. <laughs> well, hey, let's get to this. Uh, I thought I'd for... heard of all the teams back, guys. It's time for heard long a legendary contest where someone will rightfully claim championship.
championship. <laughs> I'm the smartest man alive. <laughs> I am the smartest man alive. <laughs> uh, I didn't think we were going to play that because uh, we haven't been uh, too smart with these picks. Uh, Neil, <laughs> you are on top tie for oh. the lead with Rachel. At right. 13-17, uh, Mike and myself are one game back, tied at 12-18. and 18. Boy, we're all time, man, anyway. <laughs> we do not shy away from the tough we game, don't and we pick them uh, with passion. So let's get right to it. Game one, Carolina at Green Bay. Green Bay is a three-point favorite. Uh, we're going to start at the top of the leaderboard and work our, way, work our way down, Neil. So Carolina at Green Bay, minus three. I'm going to go with Green Bay at home. I like the Carolina team, but I just uh, Green Bay just seems to put it all together at home. Now, so I'm all right, Rachel. Uh, Rachel's going to take uh, Carolina. Carolina plus three. All right, and Mike. Uh, I'm taking Green Bay. I like Green Bay as well. All right. Well, uh, at home, Green Bay is the play. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with you guys, and I'm gonna also go uh, with Green Bay. Game two is Pittsburgh at New England. New England is a one-point favorite. You sit here and you see Castle going for the history books. He's gotten 400 yards the last couple of weeks. Uh, that's uh, Tom Brady who, you know. I mean, he's uh, he's looking solid, and he has 815 yards passing, 76 rushing, and seven scores in the past two games. Not going to do that against the Steelers, uh, sorry to say. Pittsburgh is very strong. Uh, I'm going to go Pittsburgh. Mike, who are you going to take? Well, I tell you what, that's no problem with me. I'm I'm taking New England easy. I love New England at home uh, to win this game. Pittsburgh is a facade. They got problems at running back, and nobody they don't know who's going to start where. And uh, the one thing about New England, they don't care who starts at running back. Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, blah 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 blah. It does. It, it doesn't matter. Uh, I'm taking New England, and uh, Rachel is taking New England as well. All right, Neil. I have to go with New England too. They just been uh, uh, Castle or Castle or whatever his name is. He's finally got me uh, believing in him a little bit. You know, he can finally throw that long ball a little. little system. It's the system, Neil. I, I, I'm convinced it's the system. Drew mm-hmm. Bledsoe goes down. He Tom Brady. This, this young kid from Michigan is like. Whoop-dee-doo. They throw him in. What a must win for New England here. You know, that's successful. So, Brady goes down. Castle comes in. What happens? He's successful. It's Bill Belichick's system. Works. Guys, guys, let's not get carried away. Those two games were against the Jets and the and the Dolphins, okay? Yeah, so I got This is the Steelers. That. You guys, this is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let, they ain't gonna pay us like that. On. We have one game on you here, and I'm okay. I'm laughing all all the way to this one. Game okay. three is Atlanta at San Diego. San Diego is, <laughs> New England. is a four point favorite. Mike, nice one and four week you had last week. San Diego's minus four. Uh, Neil, what you got? Well, I think I'm one and nothing. I played yeah. San Diego last three or four weeks, and I've lost their week. But I'm going to go with them again. I think they're due. I don't know. They can't hold Gates and LT down forever, I don't think. All right. Neil takes San Diego. Mike, who you got? I'm one and nine for the last two weeks. Will you get it right, Scott? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm just one and four last week. I'm one and nine for the last two weeks. I'm taking okay. San Diego. Absolutely. San Diego's going to get it done. And once they, uh, com- you know, take care of Atlanta and take care of the season that they're in, they're going to get rid of North Turner. 
They're going to get a coach in there that's going to make a difference because that team has way too much talent. Uh, Rachel took uh, San Diego as well. Okay. Well, uh, it's going to be a clean sweep this week. As much as I want to try to gain another game on you guys, and as much as I like Atlanta, Good uh, San Diego San Diego at home uh, is the play here. Atlanta at home, now that would be a different story. Atlanta puts plays there. They, they put it on the Panthers last week, and the Panthers were one of the best teams in the, NFF, or in the NFC. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take San Diego and, and go along with you guys. It's a clean sweep for San Diego, so that – that just tells us that uh, Atlanta's going to win that game. Probably. <laughs> Denver at the Jets. Jets are right now. I'm going to update this. They are now an eight-point favorite at New York. Woo! Uh, you know, I've got to go with my J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah, I'm going to go with them too, Scott. I just think they, they're looking to be the class. of. The, they may be the Super Bowl champs this year. They keep playing like well, that. Well, <laughs> You know, when I saw that line, I saw seven and a half, and I'm like, that half point means a lot to me. I'm taking Denver. And then you tell me eight? Okay, absolutely, no problem. I, I love Denver plus the eight. Uh, Jets are very good, and they've proven it to me, but there's just something about Jay Cutler and things that are going to make things happen that will keep that game within eight. I see the Jets winning, but within eight, no problem. Uh, Rachel, she loves the Jets. I mean, she just, I don't know. She's a Jet fan now. <laughs> you know, I was a big Denver fan earlier in the year, but uh, since and, and the Jets, I like them too, but the Jets, uh, they've kind of reined in Brett Favre a little bit from taking all, throwing all them passes. And, They're just and a just complete up real well now. Yeah. You know this what, Neil? Uh, Denver's doing the, the same thing they did last year. They oh. you know, start out quick. Then a big lull, and then they just never can anywhere. Yep. Well, you look at you look at what the Jets are doing. They're twenty seventh against the pass. Uh, that 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 plays right into Jay Cutler's hands. Um, and then you look at uh, the Jets against the run, and they're sixth. Well, Denver doesn't run, so it plays into Denver's hands. There's a reason why Vegas is putting this line at eight, and it, and it's just to keep up with the the overwhelming love and demand right now for the Jets. It wouldn't surprise me to see Denver come in and take this game. Uh, but uh, being a Jets fan, you just got to keep uh, keep on this train, man. <laughs> okay, well, usually we play the Monday night game as our fifth game, but it's Jacksonville and Houston, and that's boring. So we're going to play the Sunday nighter, game five, Sunday night game, Chicago at Minnesota. Minnesota's a three-point favorite. Uh, I went first last time, so Neil, uh, Dr. Dish, well, Minnesota. I'm going to stay with the – I went straw home teams this week, Minnesota minus three. All right. In another matchup. Big good game. All right. Here's what's going to happen in this game. I really like Chicago. Chicago's got to make a statement. Uh, I don't see any way Minnesota is Adrian Peterson. He's going to get what he's going to get. But Kyle Orton's going to open up and have some fun. If he throws and, uh, the fourth, I, 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 I like Chicago plus a three, and uh, Rachel's got Chicago plus a three. 
Well, both of these teams had dominating wins last week against inferior opponents. Minnesota on the road at Jacksonville. I thought Jacksonville was going to pull that upset. They waylaid the, the Jaguars. And then uh, the, the Bears uh, beat the Rams 27-3. Neither one of those games were, were much of a game. So you almost have to look back to the following week. Minnesota played Tampa and lost at home in a close one, 19-13. And uh, Chicago that week, uh, they got blown out by the Packers. So I'm seeing better things against uh, I'm seeing better things for Minnesota, and I know it's an important game, but um, it's the Adrian Peterson show, uh, Sunday night game. You're going to see Adrian Peterson go off. He's going to get he's going to get the horse trailer. So Mike and Rachel, if you took you took Chicago, yes. Okay, uh, just making sure I get that one logged here because I'm going <laughs> Minnesota. Man, you know, I hope I don't have enough on, pass on the trailer. This <laughs> one and nine two weeks. I mean, that's terrible. Glad there's no money. Hey, yeah, just be glad you ain't bad to spread there. That's right. That's right. How do they get these so close, I tell you. And you know what, Neil? I, I win the, I, hey, what I've gone through in the last two weeks, I've won the uh, pick a team. I mean, I won that outright. Huh. Yeah. Hey, what game did you, you Did you hit a game last week? I hit Pittsburgh, and uh, the other two, uh, there well, were we three people Pittsburgh left. Last week. Hit, the other two took Denver against Oakland. Congratulations, Mike. Hmm. And Oakland won. I was like, whoa, man. <laughs> That's a rarity. Isn't I it? what it feels like. <laughs> and then the, the uh, Elite 12, another fantasy league that I'm in, I mean, I had no chance of winning, and all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers goes off on Monday night. So, of course, that teams in there like the Raiders. I mean, I hate to even put them with Detroit and that, but I mean that's a uh, and the Rams. I mean, they're just they don't even like like they belong in this league. Well, we we were able to break down a lot of games this week. We we broke down a lot of games. We were actually able to get to everything we wanted to. Uh, the only game we really didn't touch on, and, and we went through them all. San Francisco at Buffalo. Buffalo's the six and a half point favorite at home. The over under is forty three and a half. Uh, Mike Mark needs to go, Mike. Uh, he, he he's not utilizing Frank Gore like he should. What a tragedy last oh, week's game was for Frank Gore. Fourteen carries for twenty six yards and one reception. Uh, you know, you've got Josh Reed back. You got Josh Reed back on the other side of the ball against Buffalo. That should open up things back for Evans. Uh, and then you're gonna have Lynch all day. The Niners are just a mess. Well, they are a mess and uh, it happened with the firing. You know, when you bring a new guy in, well, I won't say a new guy, but Singletary, when he come in, he has his own philosophy. It's obvious that him and Mike Marks are not on the same page. When you're when you're working for anybody or when you're doing whatever you want to do, when you're trying to achieve a goal, you've got to be on the same page, and there's no doubt about it that Singletary and Mike Marks are not on the same page, or Mike Singletary wouldn't have called Mike Martz out in that press conference after his first game. Yep, and I, I don't know, Dis, do you see do you see Frank Gore rebounding this week against Buffalo? I hope so. I got him started, and, uh, I, you know, I don't think Buffalo can stop Gore if, if they just give him the ball and just say, hey, here's the deal. Frank, here's the ball. Yeah, do it. But for some reason, they continue to lean on Sean Hill and let him run that offense while Gore sits out there in the open, right in the – I mean, I watch every game. He's sitting there, just don't pass the ball to him and let him go, and they're trying to go downfield all the time. Yeah, it's just, a third down, they'll go downfield, then they really got to do punt. You know, that's right. 
Yeah, it's so frustrating. And, it's and frustrating. I thought for sure that Frank Gore was going to have a, just a huge year. I read an article in today's paper. I'll tell you what. All right. Well, Scott, something I can do tomorrow is maybe run the stats. Gore, before, uh, before Singletary was hired as coach and after, take a look. I mean, I, it's got to be – it's got to be unbelievable. Well, and we were sitting here saying how that uh, that Singletary was in love with Gore, and it was going to be Gore all day. Yeah. And, it, and it, yeah. it's not just it's, it's just not the coaching change. It's also Sean Hill and Mike Marks. Uh, he's he's trying to do different things with Sean Hill as well, and it's just he's trying to make the Rams out of and not make them into the Rams team ahead. But maybe maybe that's maybe Colt McCoy is the is the best thing that could happen to this team. I don't know, but let, let's move on. You know, it wouldn't be red versus blue if we didn't take a few minutes to break down the Kentucky and Louisville games this week. Uh we've moved on from football. I think we've all agreed to that. And Oh, no, uh, we have it. Oh, no, we have it. Uh, <laughs> no, we got one more game to play. We don't we don't talk about those uh those crappy bowl games. We've got Sunday one more game to play. Yeah, We're going to break a 28 three. year Drought. <laughs> drought. Drought, uh, yeah. How do you get a 23-year night at 6.30, Kentucky breaks a drought for a I'm long time. I'm going to wish you good luck, Mike. That fat son of a gun is waiting to ride off into the sunset with a win. It ain't going to happen. Is Kentucky, Kentucky favored in that game? Do what? Is Kentucky favored in that game? Well, I would hope not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, Tennessee, I, I think, wasn't they three and eight? And <laughs> let me look it up, Neil. You're you're making me laugh. Hush up. Hey, talking Kentucky football uh, puts me to sleep, so I'm on a mute mic right now because I just can't I can't deal with it. Okay. Sunday at three p.m., Louisville two and zero takes on Western Kentucky. Uh, it's in Nashville. Dish nine out of last nine out of ten from the floor last week. Just how good is Samardo Samuels? If you haven't seen him yet, folks, I mean, this guy is for real. I mean, he is an, uh, uh, he's a, just what you call a dominant postman. I mean, he's not that, all that big, but he's, he's bulky like Wes Unsel was. Uh, I'd say he's freshman of the year. Uh, he, they throw it. He's one that they throw it into, and he goes for the turns and goes for the basket. And that's what you love to see in a big man. He ain't thinking about, well, he hadn't talked. He hadn't run against us any big seven-foot-two centers or nothing yet. So he hadn't had to throw it back out. I mean that'll come. He's just a freshman, but he's just uh, he's got the body of a, of a pro player, and mm-hmm. uh, he's really a pleasure to watch. It's just a, he's definitely a twenty point uh, rebounding needs to work on some. You know he hadn't had that much to rebound for though. You know it's really it's been uh, so far. That, I mean I'm looking for this game Western. I don't know if they can give it to him last year. I think they made it to this, uh, Sweet Sixteen, didn't they? I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah. And uh, well, I was trying to think of the team that beat him out of that, Scott. Wasn't that that uh, Curry boy? And that no. Duke Western last year? Who was no, that? they were in, they were in opposite they were in opposite regions. Oh, actually, Memphis. 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 I know it was a really good high scoring game. By the way, Curry uh, he played like twenty minutes the other night. Didn't score a point they, because they, they, they put two guys. Up. He got the ball every time. Yeah, every time. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, that a lot of teams might play him that way. That guy, but they but, shooter. Well, I'll tell you what, if if a lot of teams play him that way, then they'll learn that you're going to lose because uh, Davidson ended up winning by like 30 points. Yeah, they they uh, they got some other By the way, did it, it, did it, it, with 15-31 to go in the first half, Kansas State is up 12-5. to I can't stand Billy Gillespie. 
they, they, they don't even have they don't have Beasley or Walker on that team, do they? I'm going to answer to answer your question, Neil. We had uh, UCLA was the team that uh, survived that Western Kentucky rally. Oh yeah, that was okay. That was. That oh was, yeah. That was, but uh, there you Western, go. There Western, you don't go. Have, Western don't have uh, that team. A lot of their team players went on too. Uh, they're a pretty good team. I think I've seen them get beat. They got beaten by Murray State by about 20 points the other night. Uh, so I don't really think they're going to give the card that much of a game. But it's at Western, and I look for uh, interstate rivalries. You know, that's how you know how them go. So yes, uh, we do. And come January 4th, we're really going to know how they go. Yeah, I mean, this team's this team's a, a work in progress still here. I mean, we've got a lot of veterans back, but they're trying to blend. Working, what, which team are you talking about, Neil? Louisville. Louisville Cardinals. A work in progress. Yeah. A work in progress. Your well, number three. Samuels, anyway, I mean, he hadn't really had a, a big center. They've been up. I mean, they've been big, but they haven't been that versatile. Uh, big men. You know, I'll give my team. left nut for your team. Oh yeah, he's uh, he's he's been impressive. Like I said, he's just nice. Uh, he, he's a guy. He is a total post player. Just goes right down. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll give my left nut for your team, and I'll trade you conferences. Because <laughs> the SEC sucks. Hey, this conference the Big is, East this is brutal, man. This is a yeah. Oh, the Big East is gonna. Big East is gonna at least put. They're, they're gonna. They're gonna threaten nine teams and possibly ten if they can get uh, one of those teams to uh, to work out for the big dance. But I say about Tennessee, Eddie. The biggest thing I'm hearing for Coach Patino, he's trying to find some minutes for all the guys he's got. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd like to see him play North Carolina right now, but that's just that's not going to happen until late in the season. And, uh, Mike, you said uh, Kentucky did tip off against Kansas State tonight, and they're favored by two and a half in Las Vegas. And when that's, I look at Kentucky's uh, schedule. seven right now. When I look at Kentucky's schedule, I see a run of about eight games in a row against some real cupcakes for Kentucky, including <laughs> yeah, with- you. And, and, and then it's the Louisville game on January 4th before entering SEC play. And, and I think, is that set up by design? Uh, actually, it is because uh, Billy Gillespie, he knows he needs he needs some time with them and uh, they, need they need to get confidence, and confidence comes from winning games. But, uh, you know, whether you get the cupcakes or not, I mean, right now I'm watching them play Kansas State. Kansas State's up, uh, what, 16-7, and uh, – Kentucky's got a long way to go, a long way to go, and uh, they, they've really got I believe Billy, but not really. They've been so. averaging 25 turnovers against the better teams, you know. That's what's been hurting them. Yeah, they're sloppy, Neil. They're yeah. sloppy. They're very sloppy. Well, they're winning, don't they? The team don't have a real identity player on I mean, they've got some good players on it, but they ain't really – they ain't center for some reason around that big, good, strong sophomore they got no in point. there. Hard. You gotta have leadership. I don't care what you're doing, what kind of job you're in. You have to have leadership. They have no point guard. They have no leadership, and it's very tough. Yeah, that's really hurting them right now. But I'm gonna keep on rooting them on, and January 4th, we're gonna be ready to invade freedom. Hell. Well, yeah, that's what you gotta on, do, Mike. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep rooting them on and, uh, it, it, through the good times and the bad. This is definitely the bad for Kentucky, and it, it'll be short-lived. Kentucky's a, yeah, a program that together. always is gonna be up there. So they got this about is, uh, 20 players on the team too, I think. You know, <laughs> good, it's a good time to be a little <laughs> Cardinal fan for sure. So we're, uh, we're 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 excited about the season and. We'll just gotta take but you're right, Scott. That, that's part of it. You have you have a lot of fun. Uh, you know, you go through the bad times, 
good times. I mean, there's nothing nothing like winning a national championship and feeling that high, and there's nothing like being on. Uh, or look at Indiana. You know, the, the death penalty. There's yeah, nothing I mean, like it. Look at Indiana coming uh-huh. back with no players from last year and starting over with no scholarship players. Right. Zero. And you know what Queen said? That in three years, we're going to be fine. They got the right yep. And They've got a good recruiting yep. class coming up the next couple of years. Well, guys, I appreciate it. Dish, Dr. Dish, thanks for joining us. As always, breaking down Anytime. the Louisville and, and Kentucky it, Smack it. Talk there. Thanks, Mike, Neil. Mike, thanks, right, for, Mike. Uh, thanks, thanks for joining you. us another week. Thanks again, yep. everybody. Sounds we're good, out of time. Uh, this has been Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio. Please join us next week, and uh, we'll be breaking down another exciting week of NFL. Uh, just remember, if there is no struggle, there is no progress. I'm Scott. He's Mike. Join us next week for Red vs. Blue. So long, everybody.